walk the earth as a man and overcome all our sin. He was born unto us. Oh, hallelujah. Christ has come. Christ has come. Christ has come. Christ has come. If you guys are visiting with us this morning, we want to say welcome. Uh, we hope you enjoy your time here. You hope you uh, hope you like us. But gosh, we hope you really just fall in love with Jesus this morning. I hope you're reminded of why we do what we do. 
Um, I see a few faces, people coming home, visiting family. Welcome home. Welcome home to Carpenter's Way. A uh, couple of announcements before I forget. Tonight at 6 o'clock, we are having our Christmas Eve candlelight service. If you haven't been, it's a really cool service. The stage is filled with candles. Uh, we Basically, we sing some Christmas carols. We read through the Christmas story. It's a really, really cool time. Just that one last little reminder before it gets really, really crazy. So come at 6 o'clock. If you don't have any plans, plan on being with us tonight at 6. Uh, we're here till 6.30. We let you go, and then you can go get ready for Christmas morning. Also, we're not taking up an offering this morning. We're not passing the plates this morning. They will be at the door as you leave. So if you have a gift, if you want to drop it in there, you can. You may get some frowns from people if you don't give, so I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> get, we're just going to shame you into giving as you leave. But yeah, there's going to be some, some plates at the door. If you want to give, you can do that. Um, something that's been on my mind is as we've been coming into Christmas a lot um, these last couple weeks, um, I think when we think about Christmas, we, we, really, we really like the idea of baby Jesus. Um, we really like celebrating the fact of, of Jesus being born and seeing this baby in uh, swaddled clothes and, and just the manger scene with the animals. And it's just kind of ingrained in our minds, you know, from the time we were kids. And we love celebrating the fact that he was born and we love celebrating easter i mean he came and he, he he died and he rose again but something we forget a lot of times that there was 33 years in between christmas and easter and what we forget sometimes is that he walked the earth he walked the earth as a man and uh we're cool a lot of times with the idea that that jesus was god but if we're honest with ourselves a lot of times we struggle with the fact that jesus was a man the idea that he was just like us, that he walked around, he had a job, he grew up, he was a kid, he was a teenage boy, there were teenage Jewish girls walking around. We forget that. We forget that Jesus was a man. We forget that he had the temptations that us. So when we read stuff like Hebrews 4 that says we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weakness, it doesn't really resonate with us because we really don't grasp the fact that he he kind of lived. He didn't just kind of live. He, he did live as a man. He wasn't just born. And I think in our minds, we think he kind of went up on this mountain for 30 years, kind of hung out in this monastery like a monk or something. And then at 30, he comes down like, oh, here I come to save the world. Jesus doesn't sound like that, by the way. But, you, you know, we have that idea that he comes down at 30, and he's like he's going to save the world. And we forget that from birth to 30, he walked around. He did exactly what we do. He knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to have pain. He knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to lose loved ones. He knows what it's like to not want to get up on a Monday morning and go to work. We forget that. We forget that Jesus was a man. We forget that he walked among us and that he, he did the things that we do. So this, this morning, as we go in tomorrow morning, I want that to be on your mind. I want that to be on your mind as we celebrate that. We celebrate, yes, that Jesus was born, but we also celebrate because he didn't just born and fast forward 30 years and start doing these cool miracles. We celebrate because he came and he lived. He lived as you and he lived as me. And he knows what it's like to be one of us. So with that said, we're going to sing some Christmas carols this morning. Uh, if you want to stand, you can stand and sing with us. If you want to sit, you can sit and sing with us. And then uh, we have a really powerful skit that we're going to do. I really think it's going to hit home kind of what I've been talking about this morning. Sound cool? Let's pray, and then we'll sing some Christmas carols. Father God, we thank you for this time of year. We thank you that you didn't just come, that you didn't just come and, and, and do some cool things and die and rise again, Lord, that you came 
You lived as a man. Do you know what it's like to be one of us? You know what it's like to walk on this earth. You know what it's like to experience the pain and the joys and the triumphs. You know what it's like, Lord, to hurt. You know what it's like to lose loved ones. So, God, we ask, Lord, that as we go into the rest of today, getting ready for tomorrow morning with the kids waking up and, and Santa and just everything that comes with Christmas, God, we ask, Lord, that you would just bring to our mind, just remind us, Lord, that you came and you lived, and you lived, and you lived as us, God. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, oh.
the newborn king sonner in mercy my god and sin is reconciled joyful all ye nations rise join the triumph of the sky with angelic hosts proclaim christ is born in bethlehem hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king Christ, 
exaltation, O oh, sing all ye citizens of
another Christmas Eve at the Starlight Diner. Some of you might remember a few years ago on Christmas Eve, we had a really bad storm, 
And actually, it was that night that we had the runaway come in. And then there was that family with that young child. They actually thought that we were an inn. They wanted a place to stay because the power was out on our sign, and they actually thought that we were a place that they could find a place to stay for the night. That was a weird night. We actually couldn't even feed them dinner that night. We had to feed them breakfast for dinner. And that was the night that my Molly, my wife, actually started to understand what Christmas is all about. Since that time, people come from all over the place to spend Christmas Eve with us. They'll drive for miles just to have dinner in this place. Even locals that have church events or family events after their dinner will stop in for the sole purpose of just getting some of the atmosphere in this place or some of our famous peppermint cake that everybody seems to like so much. It's going to be different this year, though, without Molly. She's actually up at the hospital with our daughter. You see, she's about to have a baby. Jake, you're still here? Any news? Is he here yet? Not yet. We expect him to come tonight, though, anytime, or actually tomorrow. You know, first children, you never know when they'll come. Molly's up at the hospital with our daughter They're waiting. Well, how is Molly? She must be so excited. And you, a grandson, you got the cigars ready to pass out? Come on, Matt. Nobody does cigars anymore. I guess we feel better about giving Hershey candy bars out, you know, with his name on it. Yeah, we're pretty excited. I'm just kind of hoping he holds off until after I can close tonight. I'd like to be there when he's born, you know? Then go. Everything's prepared. You don't have to be here. Well, the truth is I'd rather be here. You know how Molly gets her struggle with anxiety and all? I mean, I didn't actually think that her anticipation of the wedding she'd survive, but we did. But the last month and a half of this pregnancy, I mean, it's been one for the books. Well, if Molly calls, you can go. I've got this. I'll just lock up when everybody leaves, okay? Thank you, Mac. I do appreciate that. Oh, Merry Christmas. Have a seat anywhere you'd like. Um, unfortunately, tonight, though, we have a limited menu. There are hamburgers and french fries, uh, Cokes, uh, coffee, hot chocolate, and, uh, well, we have famous peppermint cake that everybody seems to like so much. Actually, we're waiting on my daughter and her family. They're supposed to meet us here, but how about a cup of coffee and a Coke? Is that all right with you, Madison? Sure, whatever. Uh, she's not very happy with me. I'm right here, you know. I can hear you. Is there somewhere else you'd rather be? Oh, oh yeah, anywhere but here. Madison, don't be rude. Well, it's true. Restroom? Yeah, if you go down the hall, second door to the right. I owe you a cup of coffee. You know, she's really not very happy with me. I can't blame her. Both her parents were deployed this summer, and she had to come stay with us until they get back. And then last week, my wife, Millie, everybody calls her grandma. She got real sick, and yesterday we had to put her in the hospital. My daughter's coming to pick her up, and I'm going back to the hospital. Well, I hope it's nothing serious. <laughs> At our age, everything's serious. <laughs> but uh, thanks. She's, uh, she's got pneumonia. We're hoping and praying that it doesn't become anything more serious. But I can't watch this one and be at the hospital, too. And so, you know, Madison's upset. She's going to miss her friends. She's going to miss a New Year's Eve bash she had planned. And she's going to miss some school if my wife doesn't get well soon enough. Is she close with her aunt? You said she'd be staying with her. Not as close as we'd like. Madison has traveled around a whole lot in her life, and she's kind of the rebellious sort. I'm hoping that maybe she can stay with Margie through the school year. I think the stability would be good, and 
She's got a really sweet high school daughter. I think would be a good influence. I don't mean to pry, but if that's the place she should be, why didn't you just send her there in the first place? Well, Madison threw a fit and fussed until her parents gave in. My wife wanted to keep her. Now, we did get her in a good church and a good youth group, but then my wife got sick, and now this. Do you play? Yeah. He not only plays, he cheats. Watch him. I do not. Have a seat. What? what? Who is this? Take a guess. Doodlebug! Ew, you know I hate that. Merry Christmas, Gramps. Hi, sweetheart. Where are your folks? Dad's out parking the car. Well, where's Madison? She went to the restroom quite a while ago. All right, I'll go check on her. Hi, Mac. Hey. Hi, Jake. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, is he here yet? Not yet. Any time. On my way to find Madison. All right. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. Merry hey, Christmas. Jake, is Molly here tonight? No, actually, Molly's up at the hospital with our daughter. Oh, my gosh, is he here yet? <laughs> I'll bet if he was, then Jake wouldn't be here, right? That's true. I'm just waiting for the phone to ring. So are you expecting a big crowd here tonight? You never know on Christmas Eve, but uh, Max said that he'd take care of things if I need to go. Well, we can help walk up, too. Well, there's my dad. That's your dad? Yeah. Well, he and I have been talking. I understand you're about to inherit a handful. Oh, yeah. We just got Ned out of college, and now we're about to get another one. But hopefully it's just temporary. Yeah, temporary, but we'll do whatever it takes. We'll do whatever it takes. Let's go say hi to your dad. All right. Hey, how about a cocoa? Hold the cream. Hey, Dad. Hey, Richard. How you doing? I'm good. Hi, Daddy. How's hi, Mama buddy. doing? No, she's all right. Uh, it's going to be okay, Madison. You'll see. Easy for you to say. You can spend Christmas with your parents. I'm sorry your folks aren't here, but... Madison, don't be mad at Gramps. It's not his fault. It's not my fault either. I have plans. I have friends. And now I'm al all alone for Christmas with no one I know for who knows how long. But you're not all alone. You have us. Ugh, great. Just great. <laughs> how is Grandma anyway? She's really sick. She's hooked up to all kinds of tubes and wires. She can't even get up to use the bathrooms. Poor Grandma. How awful for her. Ugh. And Gramps, he is so grumpy and mean. Well, he's probably just tired. To tired? All he does is sit around and worries. About Grandma, I'm sure. Hi, Madison. Are you okay? Sure, I'm having a movie and okay. It's just for a little while. Graham said maybe until the summer. He didn't ask me what I thought about that. No one seems to care what I think. Oh, brother. Did you ever think this isn't about you? Madison, honey, we need you to be a little more understanding right now. Gramps is, I mean, he's just doing his best. He has to be there for Grandma, and he can't take care of you, too. He just physically can't. You understand that, don't you? No, I don't understand that. I can take care of myself. No, no, you can't. And so this is best. He's sending you to stay with us as long as necessary until Grandma is better or your parents come home. But that's not fair. Maybe not, but it is what's best. Hey, how about a hamburger or some peppermint cake? I'm not hungry. Suit yourself. Now, I heard you just say that you're not hungry, but nobody leaves the diner without at least trying some peppermint cake, and there's the Coke I have you. I don't want your cake. <laughs> Anticipation. It's defined as anxiously awaiting something you expect to happen. You know, anticipation in our mind is always a good thing like the anticipation of awaiting your first grandchild, that's exciting.
but realizing it's your daughter about to give birth, that's terrifying. Or maybe the idea that you're about to spend Christmas with somebody that doesn't want to be in your house, that can be terrifying. Or maybe going and spending a special holiday with people you don't even hardly know. I wonder if that's how it really was that first Christmas night. I mean, we all know the story, so our brains take us to the end of it, where you have a, an adult Mary and Joseph, an adult Jesus working through the story. But you know, on that first Noel, it wasn't like that. You just had a guy whose wife was about to give birth in a barn, and he was going to lay his firstborn baby in a feeding trough. Talking about anticipation. Or what about the other Jews that didn't live in Bethlehem, that were in Bethlehem that season? I mean, they were there because the Romans ordered them to be there. And they knew that when they got there, they would have to stay until the census was completed, not knowing how long or how much the taxes that were connected with the census would cost them. Or how about the Roman soldiers? I mean, they were given orders by Rome to make sure that things didn't get out of control in Bethlehem. I mean, they, they really didn't know what to expect. They just knew that it was on them to make sure that things were controlled. And if they weren't, the Roman soldiers themselves could be arrested or even killed. Anticipation can be wonderful or terrible. I guess it's in moments like that that we really discover in where or in what we put our hope. So Madison, a few years ago, there was a young man whose parents died in a car accident. I know, Ned, right? Yeah, Ned. He didn't have any place to go. He didn't have any friends. He didn't have anything he could do, so we took him in. And he made new friends and found Jesus. I have friends at Grant's, and I don't want new friends. And Jesus, who cares? What's the birth of a little baby have to do with me? Christmas represents the beginning, Madison. Just like celebrating your birthday or mine, it's just the beginning, the beginning of his life on Earth. Maybe one day you'll understand it all, but for now, remember, it's also about family being together. Except mine. Oh, Madison, your parents had no choice, honey. And neither does Grant. He has to be there for Grandma. She needs him, and he needs to be there for her. And even when she comes home from the hospital, he's still going to have to care for her. He can't take you to school, to all of your events, everywhere you want to go, worry about what to feed you, check your homework. It's a lot, honey. And you may think you can take care of yourself. I can't take care of myself yet. I don't even want to. Madison, we'll have fun. You'll see. Do I have to go to church? What would Grant say? Well, he said I couldn't stay home alone while he went to church. Yeah, there's your answer. But I promise you'll like it. This is Jake. Okay. Is she all right? Okay. All right. Well, let me take care of things here, and I'll be there as soon as I can. Is, Is he, he here, here yet? yet? He's on the way. Oh, All right. <laughs> Mac, will you still take care of things here? Yeah, go. We've got this. <laughs> I just discovered next time you guys see me, I'm actually going to be a grandfather. There's no greater job on earth. You know, every Christmas Eve we do this together as a business. And people come in and they talk about Christmas and what it means to them. They talk about family. They talk about presents. But you know, a lot of people are just like Madison. They have no idea what the baby means 
why it matters. I mean, we all kind of get Easter, and we kind of see Christmas as connected to that. But you know, in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews tells us that the reason Jesus came, like us, is so that he could actually feel what we feel and understand what we understand. Because after his death and burial and resurrection, after he ascended into heaven, Hebrews tells us that he sat down at the right hand of the Father, where he's seated right now, praying for us. And when he prayed for us, he wanted to pray in a way that he would understand our pain. That we have somebody praying for us that actually gets our pain, our anticipations. You know, we think of Jesus as, as God, and, and certainly he was, but he was also somebody's son. He was somebody's brother. And those brothers, Scripture tells us, thought he was crazy. Actually, he watched his cousin be unfairly tried and killed. He knew what it was like to lose a family member unfairly. He knew what it was like to have his own mother question his sanity. He knew what it was like to have one of his best friends that he trusted turn his back on him and actually have him arrested and killed. He knew what it was like to never marry. He knew what it was like never to have a child. He knew what it was like, and that's why he came as a baby. That's why he didn't float down the week before his death and float back up after his crucifixion and, and uh, resurrection. That's why. He came to us so that we can run to him. John 3 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his son. Hebrews tells us that we can run to him. The angels proclaim to unto, that unto us a child is born, a Savior is given. This Christmas, don't be satisfied with presents. Those are fun. Don't be satisfied with good food. That's important. Accept the gift, the gift of hope, the gift of peace. And if you're his child this season, don't forget, he came. He came for you. He came to fulfill his plan to adopt you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Be careful, baby. Oh my gosh. Take a picture of the baby. Who's the baby? The Savior has been born. The one we've waited for.
you join me in singing this chorus one last time? Oh, come, let us adore. you enjoyed the service and I wanted to say one more thing this is just the beginning of the day this is the beginning of our celebration as a church family and I want to just encourage you one more time to make plans to continue celebration with us tonight at our uh, Christmas Eve service starting at six o'clock it does run just about 30 minutes so I know everybody has plans with their families we just want to encourage you to do that continue our celebration that be filled with candles Christmas carols and um, celebrating the birth of our Savior, the one who's come to save us. Merry Christmas. <laughs>